Okay, I think I think. I think okay, okay. We're just two buddies discussing fantasy. Oh God, it's sort of sorcery. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to Sort of Sorcery, the number one podcast among scantily clad princesses and their satanic panthers. Mm, that's right. I'm the panther, <laughs> and I am Chase. <laughs> uh, we're happy to have you all back. I hope everybody had a great Labor Day. Yeah, it was that, wasn't it? Uh, it could, yeah, it could have been. Labor Day, it's for workers, for, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I haven't met them. They seem fine. Now, no. it's interesting that to celebrate labor, we don't work. Yeah. You'd think that would be like the yeah. most laborious day. I know. I mean, a good Protestant boy like me. Exactly. I find <laughs> work to be the most relaxing okay. thing one can do. Uh-huh. And like for us, our work mm. today is oh, yeah. talking Task about hand. the movie Fire and Ice. Oh, yeah. By Big Boy... Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi. Uh, he's a controversial filmmaker, uh, some would say. Some would say, who is Ralph Bakshi? Uh, <laughs> many, many, many. Many, many would say that. Uh, if you've seen any just weird uh, animated clips of a Lord of the Rings-based movie, yep. well, it's that. Yep. It's a Lord of the Rings movie by Ralph Bakshi. Uh, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you have more of the background on this guy. Yeah, I mean, Ralph Bakshi started his career in, um, you know late 1980s 90s he did do a lord of the rings adaptation which most people know him for and his big thing was rotoscope oh, this yeah. guy loved rotoscope animation couldn't get enough of the stuff um he just couldn't get enough of the stuff and for those of you who don't really know what rotoscope is it's essentially having human actors who do human things you film them but instead of actually using the footage of the human actors you uh, draw over them yeah which is a gross oversimplification, but <laughs> it will do to explain his style. If you watched Fire and Ice, if you, if you got around to it, um, you certainly know it can look strange, surreal at times. Sure. A bit, you know, uh, well, well, we'll talk about it later, but sometimes it, it gives itself to uh, <laughs> cer- certain excesses in animation. It does. Yeah. It does. And I think this sort of hyper real nature of rotoscope as a form of animation is very intentional in Bakshi's work. Um, he, he created a number of other films. If you're a film buff, you, you might know him for things like Fritz the cat, um, you know, late 1960s, early 1970s, weird sexual cat, movie. weird sexual cat movie, heavy traffic, like 73. That was shortly after Fritz the cat. And a lot of these movies, um, Coonskin as well, is like very popular, very controversial film. Yeah. A lot of his early work, very controversial in how it portrays the place where he grew up, which is, you know, around Harlem, New York. Mm-hmm. He has a surprising amount to say about the black experience <laughs> yeah, for a, Jewish uh, a white Jewish man. Uh, and Coonskin specifically was a matter, it was a movie that caused a lot of debate among the uh, burgeoning civil rights movement at the time. Uh, well, burgeoning, maybe not the best word, but among the civil rights movement at the time. <laughs> right. uh, like, many people, like, or lots of people had different opinions on it. Uh, lots of debate happened because of it. And maybe that was intentional. Maybe the point in that movie and in all of his work is to create some kind of conversation like the one we're having now. Yeah, I mean, it's working. We are talking. Yeah. And he does, in 1976, shift from making these films that, Maybe they're black exploitation films. Maybe they're not. 
We're not here to answer that question today. Yeah, guys like us, we... Too uh, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving it light today. We're here to talk about swords and a giant iguana. That's right. Fire and ice. Fire and ice. Proceeding fire and ice, though, we get a film called War Wizards, which was hmm. the initially pitched title of his first fantasy film in 76. The title eventually changes to Wizards to not conflict with another movie, little indie film popping up at the time, mm. Star Wars. Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. Don't want to compete with that, right? No. Uh, he changed the title Wizards, a film that we may at some point cover. It is vaguely sort of sorcery. But we, we stretch the rules. We, we're, we're rule breakers. Well, we're also the rule makers, incidentally. But, yeah. You know, yeah we, I mean, we break those rules. We do. We, we make the rules in many ways. Yeah. We get to talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> no and, one can stop um, us. Yeah, today's Fire and Ice. It might also be at one point in the future, Lord of the Rings, which he yeah. only released the first part of. That was '78. So he does Wizards. He has some marginal success in that movie. Gets offered to make Lord of the Rings. Mm. Great, loves it, takes it. Makes a really weird rotoscope version of Lord <laughs> of the Rings that is controversial, um, not in the way that his prior films were controversial, but just amongst fantasy fans people right. who like lord of the rings lots of debate is it good or is it bad yeah, is it good or is it bad is which is not the controversy uh-huh. you want the um the oldest controversy really oldest time itself and most people they kind of thought it was camp they thought it was fun it's mm. sort of a cults classic film now fire and ice came out 83 not exactly a cult classic in the same way sure doesn't have as big of a fan base but it is classic maybe not classy Certainly not classy. Definitely not classy. But very um, assy. Classic. Very assy. <laughs> very, uh-huh. very assy. From both of our romantic leads. Yeah, we see a lot we from uh, the main character, the side characters. Uh-huh. We just see a lot. We see There's the side of, of the characters, the back of the characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the back. Of the front. A lot of the back. This week we have a real treat. Chase oh, yeah. is going to be leading us as the lore master in our plot synopsis of this glorious film. This gory, glorious, gooey mess of a film. <laughs> Inglorious in a lot of, a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, today I'm your lord of lore, and I will break down the plot of this amazing movie uh, with maybe some slight interjections from my oh, yeah. host here. I'm going to find the first opportunity, oh, yeah. and then the second, <laughs> and the third to jump in. And I'm really going to try to steamroll over. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to listen to. We'll be talking to. over each other for the next 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Okay, uh, so we, we start off with a prologue. Uh, it's, it's the end of the Ice Age. You know, you, know, you remember that. Uh, barbarians, they're running around. Yep. Giant monsters and beasts. Uh, it's an age of just of conflict. Um, and, you know, we have this wizard lady who na- who has a name that she we find out so like the- an hour into the movie. It's Juliana. Oh, it's Juliana. Uh, her name That's is Juliana. Right. And she has the son, Necron, who you got to know Necron. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, so basically... She uh, plots to take over the world with the help of her son, who she gets by some ill-begotten means. They don't really specify, but... uh, Yeah, she conjures him up somehow. She conjures him up. She makes him. And they have an army, and they're going to take over the world. We find all that out in a very uh, dramatic prologue. Uh, But then we get into the opening, uh, where we cut straight into this, like, barbarian encampment uh, who set up this, like, wooden barricade yeah they just got a tiny palisade <laughs> a really tiny palisade and like they're being attacked by this like wave this giant wave of ice how is the wood oh, yeah. gonna help them doesn't make any sense i guess they're barbarians. they're doing they, their best they're doing <laughs> they're doing their best uh so yeah necron pulling in uh well he's in his palace but he's sending yeah 
has ice. ice magic. Has ice magic, this Necron guy. Uh, if the name Necron was not enough to clue you in, he is a wizard. He oh, yeah. has magic powers. Uh, and he, power over ice, despite his name being Necron. You think he'd be like a Necromancer? Yeah, power over death. He does have yeah. some sort of implied power to to do things with people. Well, I just assumed that like he was using wind, because like in later points in the movie, he'll like kind of use like almost the force on people and like puppet them around. Yeah, but I, I get. I just thought he was like that. Could be wind. wind. That yeah, could be wind. Like ice wind. I, I, I like that interpretation. Um, but that's later in the movie. Because uh, right now, you know, our main guy, whose name is Larn. 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 Uh, <laughs> Larn, he's he's running around the encampment. He's like, you know, his, his dad's there. He's like, oh, go to safety, I guess. Uh, like, Larn, Larn's not doing much. He's not doing much then. Yeah. He won't do much later on in the movie. No. Uh, but yeah, basically, the ice destroys the wood because, of course, that's how it works. Uh, ice beats wood, as we all mm-hmm. know. Fire mm-hmm. beats ice. Fire beats wood. Fire beats all most these things, things. most yeah. things. Um, but we don't have fire yet. Because uh, Larn leaves and his brother and like all of everybody dies. Uh, but right as the ice comes in uh, and we think, oh, it couldn't get worse. Everybody's dying left and right. Yeah. Uh, it gets worse. Race, racially dubious <sighs> yep. goblins. Oh, come in. yeah. They come in. And at this point in the movie, we're, we're going to track throughout the, as the movie goes along, uh, like the progression of these people. <laughs> hardly hardly could call them hardly people, people. Well, at the beginning you can hardly call them people they're these like gray like grayish green <laughs> uh like little guys like they're they're running around they're like fangs <laughs> yeah and they they can't speak yep. there's they're running around they're grabbing people they're like they're they can grunt people. they can they're, make yeah, sounds they're, they're grunting. They, they don't have intelligible speech no at this point at this at this juncture they do not have intelligible speech uh so yeah the barbarians who survived the ice attack get fucked up by these uh, goblins. Uh, <laughs> but Larn, he uses his special move that he'll use at many points yeah. throughout the movie. He yep. runs. He, he just he runs just, away. He just books it. Uh, and he gets to this jungle area uh, where he proceeds to run more. Runs more, yeah. Uh, and narrowly survives by jumping to his death, basically, and getting caught in jungle vines, uh, as you do when you know you're the protagonist and there's mm-hmm. an hour left in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but from there we cut to flame keep which is an awesome name um which in flame keep is this like volcanic area yeah it's like a um society built into a volcano yeah don't which... ask us to explain how or why <laughs> not a great place to live but this is where the humans have retreated stay safe from the ice yeah which i guess makes sense but it seems like they were there even before necron was there which like if i was just a person in this universe i'd be like those fucking idiots. They're living in a volcano. But then yeah. when the ice guy comes up and be like, Yeah, like, oh, okay. Hey, can I, can I get right. him? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Leader of the Flame Keep, Gerald. Hell is yeah. his name. All these people have names. You don't need to know them, but no, they have them. No. Um, Gerald, and he has a daughter uh, named Tigra. And T- <laughs> that he does. That he does. That he does. Tigra pulls up to Gerald. She's like, I want to be with you when uh, Necron's men come to negotiate because uh-huh. you know necron sure he's sending waves of ice to people but he's also a master of diplomacy <laughs> that's right <laughs> and his little goblin ghouls who are <laughs> yeah. who are masters of pillaging uh-huh. and ravaging are also very shrewd diplomats <laughs> it's true the second you put a hood on one of the goblins they just yeah. become wizened and intelligent and masters of human speech um but yeah so 
Seagrave is talking to, to her dad. Uh, and the dad says, oh, you know, you, you, you don't need to help us with this. You need to focus on your studies. Mm-hmm. Which hit the books. Immediately made me wonder, what, are her, what is she studying? Uh, well, the elements, <laughs> of course. The elements. Uh, her attendant then says, uh, she breaks down the, the four elements. You got fire, you got water, you got earth, you got air. It's the Avatar. Yeah, we know this. We, we, we know this. We've watched Avatar. You live in a world where that's also true. Exactly. Those, those are elements. the four elements. Uh, and I, I, I'm also sitting there. I'm like, how does this relate to the movie at all? I guess fire is fire. That's the lava. That's correct. Keep. But water, I guess, is ice. Or like wind. Like, yeah. It, it yeah, seems it's nebulous. a mix. It's What's a mix. earth? I, I don't know. Uh, the ice is really... A strange variable here uh but whatever her studies are that i suppose maybe she could explain a thing or two about us when we get her on the pod oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah she's she can be the guest next week tigra uh and you know impeding her ability to be on the show tigra gets kidnapped uh by goblins uh after negotiations break down with the hooded shrewd intelligent who goblins. would have thought <laughs> because they're, yeah, who would have thought uh, their their terms for peace are uh-huh. essentially surrender or die, uh, which I guess Gerald and Taro, Tigra's brother, because he's also a character in this movie, uh, they essentially choose die, uh, yeah, because uh, they won't surrender. I would have. W- would you have surrendered? I probably would. I-, I think I would have surrendered just yeah. because. What is he really going to do? Do we know what his yeah what his policies are regarding anything? I mean, maybe he has like great fiscal policy. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Cause we really only know what he's doing when he's taking over places. He's sending the ice, but maybe yeah. he's not always just going to send ice. He needs to have somewhere to have a yeah, summer. What home. happens when everything is covered in ice? What then? What then? And maybe... I want to see that post ice world. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's really chill. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good one. Um, but yeah, so Tigra's taken uh, alliteration and they kill her pet panther uh shaitan which you know the amazon trivia is kind enough to tell you that shaitan is named after the arabic name for satan which really makes you wonder yeah why <laughs> why do they why do they <laughs> i don't know choice? why they named the panther uh but that's neither here nor there and then killed him immediately and then killed him immediately this cool panther pet yeah. thing i'd be like in uh, aladdin you just fucking killed the tiger just yeah first right. act yeah dead gone dead and gone dusted um <laughs> But so yeah, hooded goblins. The hooded goblins are taken uh, to the skies. They have their little uh, pterodactyl things, the uh, warhawks, what they're called. Uh, but you know, at some point, they have to stop somewhere. And Tigra takes this moment to enact her brilliant getaway strategy. That's right. Uh, basically, it's all the goblins and Tigra. They're sitting around this like pond yeah a little swampy area, marsh a little swampy marsh uh and tigra like does a little like she gets in the water a little dance she like does a little seductive kind of dance mm-hmm. thing uh and then when all the goblins are looking at her she like goes under the water again yep and swims, swims away, away. <laughs> <laughs> which could have swam away at any point at any point i don't understand i i genuinely do not understand that part of the yeah but whatever it worked so who am I to doubt it? Yeah. She escapes her kidnapping. Good for her. Yeah. And this is a good point to mention that, you know, back to the conversation on animation earlier uh, and, you know, the, yeah. the excesses of rotoscoping. Mm-hmm. They have this character, Tigra, in the least amount of clothes I think I've ever it's seen. It's not a lot. In a movie that was not. It's not a lot. 
like rated XXX. Yeah. Uh, she's wearing this like little like tiny you know uh, like I don't even bikini? know what you call it. I get yeah. yeah. Um, Ralph Bakshi may have may have gone a bit too far in some places. Well, sure. All I'll say. Now, um, did he go too far, or was he satirizing the excesses of the genre, or was he satirizing the excesses of the genre? I think no. he went too far. Yeah, probably, probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, but whatever. Back to the plot. Uh, her assailants are chasing her. Uh, after she swims away. Uh, but then they get attacked by a giant iguana, which is awesome uh-huh. uh, and good for Ralph Bakshi putting that in. I'm back Very on cool. his side. Very back cool. on Team Bakshi. Um, so yeah, one of the goons escapes the giant evil iguana. Yeah, uh, I guess not evil. Maybe he's just an animal. He's just doing his thing. He's just hunting. It's the natural <laughs> yeah, order. It's the natural now, order. Now I will say, um, one goblin who does not escape the iguana <laughs> is. Yeah. In fact, not a goblin at all, and no. I think this is where no, he is not. this is where things sort of break down in terms of yeah, how you are supposed to this. contextualize <laughs> the racially dubious goblins in uh-huh. your own mind, because you think from the beginning, well, these are just orc stand-ins. Yeah, and they say in the prologue that like she amasses this like foul army or something. Like, uh-huh. You think, oh yeah, like they're created, they're orcs, they're trollocs. Yeah. yeah, there's some. Well, they are considered subhuman. Within well, the uh, worlds of the movie, but, <laughs> but you would assume they were actually a different race than than man. Uh huh. Mm, potentially not, not yeah. so. Um, there is there is one scene when the iguana is attacking <laughs> a bunch of the goons, where one one of the goblins, yeah. well, goblin would be perhaps insulting. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that. The actor who obviously is portraying this this character, this mm-hmm. extra, is rotoscoped. Not to look like the other goblins, but uh-huh. just to look like just a black what he looks like. Yeah, just just a black man with like a nice haircut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he actually looks pretty like pretty clean and pretty yeah, like pretty you know, well kempt compared yeah. to the rest of the goblins. Uh, but he gets slain uh-huh. <laughs> like the rest of them. Yeah, uh, because you know, Iguana is attacking. He's tearing through him. At this point, you're like, do these guys deserve it? Um, mm-hmm. I guess they do. Because one escapes and tries to like kill or grab or something to Tigra. Yeah, Tigra gets him. She gets the better of him. Uh, and truly just shows no remorse for this, which would make sense if they're like orc characters. But if they're just like human beings, just people, uh-huh. it gets a bit dubious. Gets a bit strange. Uh, but hey, but it's all part of her her character arc and coming sure. to terms with being violent. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's her arc if she can be said to have one. Um. So you know the goons, the the racially dubious goblins, they're they're talking to the witch lady through ice FaceTime, which was confusing to me. Uh, just like imagine, just kind of a cloud of ice that's like forming Juliana's yeah. face, yeah. and that's what the conversation was. They were, they like were a magic speaking mirror. through that, like a magic, like a magic mirror. Um. So then she like Darth Vader's one of them with ice magic. She like force chokes him. To be fair, he did fail her. He did fail her, which like you're allowed to do. I think. I think that's one of the, the one of the rules now. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, if, you get one. You get one. You get one every day. Uh, and she used her one and sent the rest of them to find Tigra. Uh, then we got Salarn, who has been doing something. He's been running. He's been probably. running. He runs. Uh, Larn is a fascinating character in that he is not a fascinating character. <laughs> yeah, he is blonde. Yeah. And that's yeah. about all you know about him. Well, he's naked. 
Well, he's, he's naked. He's yeah. got a great ass. Yeah, yeah. He does have a nice ass, if I'm really yeah. being honest. Um, and, you know, the wolves also think so, because they want a piece of him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want a <laughs> munch. He's sleeping in a field, and some wolves come along, and they're just, re- yeah, they, they, they want a munch. Uh, but then Larn uses this, the Larn special. Yeah. He runs away. Yeah, no, I'll say before he runs away, he uses the special, special move, oh, true. which is to pole vault over the wolves <laughs> yeah. with the sticky vines. He, he has to, you think he's going to like charge at them and like spear them, Breath oh, of the no. Wild style. But yeah, no, just pole vaults over them, which I thought was a very cool move. It was pretty cool. Yeah, but he did, I mean, running less cool, but pole vaulting, very cool. Uh, next time you're about to get like mugged on the street, just pole vault over the guy. Yeah. Run away. Find a large stick. Awesome. Find a, yeah, find a large stick on like this the urban <laughs> street. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the wolves, they're, all the wolves are chasing after him. One of the wolves gets shot down by a mysterious figure clouded in shadow. Uh-oh. A similar figure that we saw earlier in the movie. Just a guy kind of sitting on a horse uh, before the barbarians were attacked by the ice. And we see this figure again um, just shooting down a wolf. Mysterious. And we wonder, like, who, who could... What's his deal? What's that guy's deal? Yeah, so Larn gets away from the wolves, and he comes across this like palace, like this ancient ruin area, which incidentally is one of the things on the bingo, which this movie yeah, did, not, did not did not. Yeah, we didn't hit a bingo. Uh, for for context, uh, every week when we watch one of these movies, there's a bingo card with just tropes from the movies, uh, and yep, ancient ruin one of the tropes. Uh, but sadly, we did not fill out a full line. We, they, we did get a lot of tropes, because this is very tropey. We hit a lot. We hit a lot. Just not in the right order. Not in the right order, which really says more about us in the order mm-hmm. we put it in. Uh, sad. <laughs> sad. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Larn gets away. He's walking to this ancient ruin. Uh, we see a mysterious, mysterious face of uh, a figure. Someone. Some some figure. We're some noble warrior. Who, who could this be? We're, this whole time, we're wondering, who, who could this amazing, mysterious, uh-huh. dark figure be? We don't find out yet uh, because Lauren's laying in a clearing and Seeger comes along. And now we get 30 minutes in. We get to meet our love yeah. interest. We get to see them come together. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of chemistry there. There's a yeah. lot of chemistry. Uh, another Amazon trivia point. Uh, they point out the movie takes 30 minutes to introduce the love interest to one another. And they share. Do you want to guess how, many, how much screen time they share? Let's go with. Five minutes. Ah, uh, close. Seven. Ooh, so a little I bit more. Close. A little bit more. A little okay, bit more. I underestimated it. <laughs> yeah, no. you did. Five. That would be ridiculous. They share seven minutes. Yeah, and that's just right. Ninety-minute movie. Uh, and yeah, it, it really does show because there is not much going on with these two. Uh, not a lot of love. No. So you know they're they're romancing each other. Uh, at one point, they complain about the cold, despite both yeah. being entirely naked. Yeah, basically. Uh, they say the phrase Necron creates the cold, which really made me team Necron because Necron's not creating his cold. Uh, they are creating the cold for, for themselves, themselves yeah. by not wearing anything at all. Uh, Necron, he, get, he gets a bad rap. Sure, he's making ice. Yeah, I mean, and if he does make the colds, you can make clothes. Yeah. You can figure it out. It should inspire you. At least, hey, Necron, he wears a robe. Yeah, he has a yeah, wizard robe. I mean, sure, robe. it's a bit of a low-cut robe, but <laughs> well, that's just, sure. that's the fashion. That's his style. Yeah, that's the fashion of the time. Of the post-Ice Age <laughs> time. Uh, so, yeah. Whatever. Uh, they get attacked by a squid. <laughs> yeah, there's like a giant sea monster in yeah. the ancient ruins. They're like splashing around a pool, uh, as Tigras want to do. Uh-huh. Uh, and then a squid gets them. Uh, and Tigra thinks the squid kills Larn, so she's like mourning. 
and get snatched by some. I guess we can't really call them goblins at this point. By well, we can't call them black people. <laughs> I was wondering if you would finish that out. <laughs> she gets taken by uh, Necron's Necron's men. dogs. Necron's men. <laughs> um, she gets taken, and uh, as you know, again, as she's wont to do. Yeah, uh, I think this is the third time she's been taken though, and it is not the last. Uh, so whatever, Tigra is in the camp with Necron's men. They're all sleeping. She's tied to one of them, and she just kind of gets away. Yeah, uh, well, she kills him. Yeah, she, yeah, she kills the guy that she's chained, chained to, to, drags his body. Uh, yeah, by like, like she falls down a cliff and like lands on him, right? Or like, does she just kill the guy then and there? I think she stabs him, and then when she's trying to run away with the body attached, she slips down a cliff, and the yeah, dead body crushes yeah. her. Uh, and then right as that happens, uh, the boys, Larn and Dark Wolf. Oh yeah. By the way, <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, this guy. There's this fucking guy who is awesome. He's the real main character. Like you'll see on the poster of this movie. Like sure, there's Lauren and there's Tigra, but like Dark Wolf, he's like he's above all of yeah, them. Yeah, he's in the middle. He's like holding up a, like an axe. I think he's on horseback. He's awesome. Dark Wolf is the coolest person ever, uh, fictional or not. Um, and basically, as Tigra is being taken, like when she's still in the camp, uh. Dark Wolf nurses Larn back to health, uh, and I guess they become friends. They're they're buddies. Yeah, Lar- I guess they're yeah. buddies. I think the implication is that Dark Wolf, he's an ancient warrior of this, this forgotten civilization, yeah. right? And he has a grudge against Necron, uh-huh. presumably for destroying this civilization. I guess, although it doesn't look very icy. Well, no, there's no ice whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. But he does want to kill Necron. And he wants to encourage Lauren to kill Necron. Yeah. So they have that in common. Yeah. They have a common enemy, which does bring people together. Uh, Will and I, we start this yeah. pod. Common, common enemy. enemy. Yeah. Uh, our enemy is people who don't like sword and sorcery films. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to destroy yeah. them by making them like sword and sorcery films. Erase them off the map. <laughs> Erase them because they will no longer exist because they will be listeners. sword and sorcery fans. They'll be listeners. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so Dark Wolf rocks. And Larn is there. Uh, Dark yeah. Wolf is just kind of like slicing through. He's got like goons, the bad guys. Uh, and Larn is like hanging out, I guess. Yeah, he's looking around. He's looking around for uh, for Tigra. She's not there because she's been taken by a troll guy. Uh, there's trolls in this universe. Yeah, there's like a big troll guy. Yeah, like a big redheaded troll, which like also introduces fun like anti Irish uh, mm-hmm. racism into mm-hmm. this film because he's, he's dumb he's, he's dumb. not just a troll in size he's um very unintelligent yeah he like he grunts yeah mm-hmm. uh he's he's a he's he's not all there um but he has a mom presumably yeah he has um a woman who he lives with a woman who he lives with who also has red hair uh and seems maternal over him uh who is a witch she's oh yeah yeah another witch in this series uh with another I guess, weird son. Necron's a weird son, I think. He's a very strange son. He's a strange yeah, and this son. This is another strange son. Yeah. Uh, and basically, the witch like plucks one of Tigra's hairs, throws it into a cauldron, and then gets like a PowerPoint slide on uh-huh. uh, how Necron wants Tigra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she, as a shrewd businesswoman as she is, 
uh, decides. <laughs> well, she freaks out momentarily, but then, yeah, then the business yeah. mindset kicks she in. Doesn't, she doesn't want anything to do with Necron. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess she's a weaker form of, of, um, of witch. And yeah. Maybe him as a wizard with ice magic is stronger. All she could know. do is make a troll sign. Yeah, I haven't seen her do much. <laughs> uh, so she decides to send her incoherent, uh, you know, unintelligent, mm-hmm. cannot speak, doesn't know language, troll son to negotiate with the with Necron's goons. Yes. Who also, I guess, don't speak language. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna sign to each other. I guess yeah, I'm like, not grunt. sure how um, this this ransom offer would take place. And let's just say negotiations break down yeah. <laughs> because the troll comes yeah. back to the hut. He's stabbed. He's he's done. He's dead. The goons they they charge in. Yep. Uh, they get her. I guess she like trips on one of the guys and like trips into his knife because she just like runs into a guy <laughs> and then gets stabbed. Yeah, she doesn't put up much of a fight for no. someone with presumably magic. I guess that's what makes her a worse witch. She just has no, no survival. Magic, yeah, yeah, no no offensive magic. No survival instinct. Uh, it's all just divining. It's all divining. In all this, Tigra gets kidnapped again. Uh, yep. This yep. happens a lot in this movie, uh, which, hey, maybe that's also saying something about the Maybe the that's, that's, maybe that's yeah. satirizing a thing. Maybe it's satirizing a thing. Um, but satire or not, she gets kidnapped again. Yeah, there she goes. <laughs> there, that there whole she goes. plot point with the witch and the yeah, troll. Did not need to be in the movie. Feels like there was supposed to be more there. Well, because like, before that starts, she is kidnapped. She's That's taken right. by she's in the possession of the goons. She gets out, gets taken by the troll, and then ends up back back with the in goons. possession of the goons. So it is kind of a wasted ten minutes. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, but from this, we find out that oh, Lauren pulls up to the hut, uh, and like the unquiet corpse, which is one of my favorite tropes in any fantasy I love it. thing. I love it. Uh, like the the witch, like she's like bones and like yeah ske- she's mostly like, yeah. the top half of a skeleton yeah a top half of a skeleton like, with like a skeletal finger that she's pointing. <laughs> uh, she she tells him oh uh your princess is another castle tigra yep. has been they've taken. gone to Agra- oh i was gonna say agraba <laughs> i don't know why that she's, felt so right agraba what, what's agraba is that aladdin it's not, i think it's aladdin <laughs> it's not aladdin um, She's gone to Agrava. The genie has her. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's taken to Akotar, the port city. Uh, yep. And Lauren has to go. I guess there's there's civilization. Yeah, because it's like a whole like Arabian city. Yeah, like, it, with, with massive trade ships yeah. and markets. Like it does look like Agrava. Like it has the same buildings and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, where I, I just, I spend the movie, the whole movie with like barbarians and stuff. Yeah. Where do yeah. these guys Yeah, come Lauren from? comes from... Uh, hut a in hut. the middle of nowhere yeah uh it's it's fascinating the world building or lack thereof in this movie uh, much it. to much to very aesthetic though very aesthetic it's it's a nice movie Bakshi does not disappoint um until he does well sure um but you know uh juliana now has tigra she's got her she's got her she's got her uh it's fascinating because i guess juliana's plan with tigra was to offer her to necron as like to sire an heir yeah but she was taken as like a bargaining chip but i guess just the plan developed from there yeah she she got the the other idea later on yeah yeah 
uh, and Necron not <laughs> enthused about this idea. Let's no, say, no. Uh, for some reason, just not not into the I'm prospect not sure what it of, is, yeah. <laughs> of procreating with this woman. Um, and yeah, he very violently rejects the idea. He's very upset. He does. Uh, Tigra sees this moment as an opportunity. Hey, I'll appeal to his better nature. This wizard named Necron. I'll appeal to his uh, better nature. Surely he can be reasoned with. Uh, she offers peace to him. Mm. Um, and what I I'm getting. What, what does I don't he know. Say? It's interesting. It's not. He doesn't accept the peace. No, 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 no. He doesn't. He rejects try, it somehow. Yeah, he does. Oh, that's right. He spits on. <laughs> he spits on peace. I spit on. I peace. spit on peace, and I, I spit, spit on, on you. <laughs> it's Best awesome. line of the movie. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> if you haven't watched the movie and you're you're just listening to the plot now, go look up the clip yeah. of Necron spitting on peace. And spitting on her. And and spitting on Tigra. <laughs> yeah. Because it will tell you everything you need to know about his character and about uh-huh. the movie itself. He's just so arch. It's awesome. Uh so yeah, Tigra gets thrown into ice prison. Uh it's just like little pit uh with like spikes and ice yeah. and stuff where there's like other bodies and corpses and stuff. Uh yeah, ice prison. Um and then Taro Remember him? Uh, yeah, you remember Tigra's brother Taro, <laughs> King Jarl's son, <laughs> heir to Flame Keep. Uh, yeah, he he tries to get Tigra back. He charges into the Ice Kingdom, uh, and then he's killed. <laughs> yeah, well, he comes presumably on like a death quest of yeah. negotiating for yeah. her freedom. He shows up with his guys at the uh-huh. behest of his father, like five dudes. And he's like, "Hey, give her back!" And Necron's like, "Well, what if I?" Make you kill all your men instead. <laughs> yeah, how about kill that? You. Yeah. Uh, so Necron chooses that option of killing him. Um, and then uh, he's also thrown in ice prison, as Necron does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His his poor empty corpse. Yeah. Just kind of chucked into the ice pit. Uh, then Larn pulls up right in the nick of time. He's very good at showing up like after things have gone wrong. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Larn pulls up tries to like shoot at necron from like behind an ice rock never uh, gonna work no necron dodges effortlessly because he's good mm-hmm. um and then you know seeing larn this man in the loincloth oh yes uh the idea occurs to necron oh well, i'll also strip down to my loincloth yeah takes off his robe yeah. and now they're just two loincloth wearing men dueling <laughs> they're having Probably the most homoerotic sword yeah, fight in the history of cinema. They're grunting. They're getting like right up close to each other. Uh, and yeah. I think that should be noted for anyone who didn't see the movie. Uh, Necron's magic is uh-huh. decidedly we should, sexual. We should talk about Necron's magic. It's very magic. sexual. Yeah, like the ice, the way that it's portrayed, like when it was destroying the barbarian encampment, there's like like gushes of white to yeah, it. And yeah. like ne- you, they cut back to Necron like, charging up the uh-huh. ice and he's moaning he's, he's moaning thrashing. he's writhing around <laughs> in his chair <laughs> it's it's uh choices were made yeah it's very very raw. it's very visceral it's very raw it's very visceral uh it's very something <laughs> <laughs> so you know they're they're dueling uh necron is losing to larn because larn has raw barbarian man strength right. uh but then necron starts using the force on him He's he's moaning. Yeah, he he's like, yeah, he, he he cheats. Which like, if I had magic, fair enough. I'm cheating. Fair I'm enough. gonna I'm cheat gonna if cheat. I'm fighting a guy. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he's he's trapping him in place, and he's yep. like, again, he's he's kind of writhing around. <laughs> he's like, he's moving he's a little bit. Him. Yeah, he's, he's moving, moving his himself. shoulders like Drake. Yeah, <laughs> he's dancing around. Uh, and the yeah, hotline he, bling. Like he, he's got the hotline bling. 
he's puppeteering Larn, uh, and you know wins because of course that's what you do when you have ice magic. Uh, and then where does he go? Ice prison. Ice prison. <laughs> ice prison. <laughs> but this time, ice prison has like a lock. Yeah, there's a specific like, there's a, like a door. cell with a wooden door in ice prison. Which I guess that's where Necron puts his boy toys. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, Tigra honestly doesn't even go into prison. She goes no. where all the dead people are. Yeah, just like a pit. Yeah, yeah. like the, the mass grave. <laughs> yeah. Necron just did not give a shit about Tigra, uh, which like I guess makes sense. For sure. His whole deal. Um, so now we're, we're in the ending stretch. Uh, Tigra finds Larn in prison because uh, she gets out of the pit because it's, again, just a pit, really. Uh, but then somehow she gets captured again. <laughs> uh, yeah. She gets taken away. Yeah. Uh, she attempts to free Larn. Yeah, she tries fails, to, yeah. Then Larn frees himself. Yeah, Larn independently frees himself. Uh, and then what does Larn do? He runs. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> That's the thing. You you know these characters very well. You know Necron. He's going to create ice. He's going to throw people into ice prison. Uh-huh. Tigra is going to get captured. Larn's going to run. Larn Larn's going to run. run. Uh, but Darkwolf. What's Darkwolf going to do? Oh, he's going to kill some wonder goblins. About him. He's going to kill some goblins. Yeah. Uh, Larn is running uh, and he's being chased by uh, Necron's men. And then I mean Darkwolf pulls up. He, just, he cuts through him. Cuts through oh, him yeah. like butter. Uh, he's he's good. Uh, then Larn and Darkwolf together go to Flamekeep. Remember that place? Uh, Flamekeep, they're very nervous there because they're Flamekeep and the whole world is being covered in ice. Yep. Ice is slowly approaching this whole time. Ice is slowly approaching. Uh, global cooling is setting in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're not happy. They're not happy about it. Uh, and Gerald is he's contemplating the nuclear option, essentially. Uh, there's like this little lever that <laughs> yep. they can pull. Cartoonishly large lever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like flood the whole world in lava uh, to like destroy the ice, uh, which really makes me suspect of Flamekeep that they mm-hmm. just like had that option. Again, if we're assuming that they existed before Necron, they were just ready to destroy yeah, the entire world. They were ready Earth, to go, man. If they really had to. Um, but in this case, it works and we can't really question them because this is the exact scenario where they would need that option. A bunch of lava. A bunch of lava. Uh, so he's. Gerald's thinking about it. Dark Wolf's like, okay, just fucking give me some time. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll kill Necron, don't worry. I'll take the guy out. Uh, Larn will also be there for that. Uh, and Larn's like, yeah, I will. Uh, because he knows he's not doing much. Yeah. So yeah, they, they all go together. Larn, Dark Wolf, and like a bunch of Gerald's men. Uh, they charge in on their Warhawks, which are just pterodactyls. Uh, and they make, they, they make a run to... Yeah, uh, they're going on a kamikaze mission here. Essentially, yeah. Uh, and they all die pretty much, except for uh, Dark Wolf and Larn, because they're all unnamed characters. Uh, they get like rocks dropped on them yeah, and stuff, arrows shot arrows. at them. But somehow Larn and Dark Wolf are just like weaving through it. I mean, Dark Wolf makes sense; he's awesome. But Larn, yeah. I he's never ridden one of these before. He should have died. Yeah. But I guess he's important for the plot. He's not. Spoilers. Um, and he's not because Dark Wolf's gotten himself. Dark Wolf gets into the throne yep. room. Yep. He like has the most I, we replicated the I spit on peace, I spit on you. I don't think we could replicate the I Dark don't know Wolf if we yell. Could. Yeah. Because like it's just this like primal like, Time slows down. Yeah. It's like you you should watch this movie, specifically this scene of Dark Wolf just like You just watch like, the second half of the movie. Well, watch the second half of the movie, yeah. Uh <laughs> Dark Wolf like he's just just like those just anger and, and uh personified. He charges a Necron, 
He screams out his name. Necron scared for the first time we see him in the entire movie because yep. Dark Wolf is awesome. Terrified. Uh, tries to freeze him in place. Uh, the thing he did to uh, everyone Lauren. else. Yeah, literally everybody else to defeat them. Won't work. Uh, won't work. Not this time. He's like he's moving through it. He's he's getting through the barriers. Uh, and then just chops him down, cuts yep. him down. Boom. Uh, Juliana busts in. She's yelling. She's scared. No. no my son. Uh, Whatever. Get a better son. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough. Uh, Dark Wolf kills Necron, but in Necron's like dying gasps, uh, he he finishes. Finishes, essentially. Uh, just these gushes of ice are like coming yep. out. Yeah. Uh, like the ice that was already there before is now just like charging even more. It's coming towards Flame Keep, and then Gerald's like, "Well, I guess we're gonna do the thing. I guess I'm gonna do a thing, because uh, you know, when all you have is a hammer, everything is gonna nail. When all you have is Fire. a volcano, <laughs> everything is a problem that can be solved by by a volcano. Uh, floods the world in lava, cancels out the ice, yep. and now it's like a nice little like temperate climate." Area. Yeah, it's nice. Juliana uh, dies. She falls in the in the lava. Yeah, yeah. As the ice collapses, she gets the scar death from Lion King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now we're in this like new world, and Tigra and Larn are like on a beach, and they wake up after having not done anything for the entire movie. That's right. <laughs> and they're they're holding each other in an embrace, and uh, from from the water on the beach. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Uh, who who appears? But. One of the one of the racially dubious goblins crawls he's, out of the water. He crawls out of the he's water. Dying. He's he's gasping. He's dying. Larn immediately you know, instinct yeah. kicks in. in. Instinct kicks in. He grabs like a boulder. He he's gonna like to drop it him. on the guy's head. Uh, Seeker's like, no, wait, it's over. We have to change. Or what did you say? It's over. We have to start over. Uh, which whatever guess, that means. Whatever that fucking means. They they leave the guy alive, uh, and. I guess they that's were it. being mind controlled. I, I don't know, but yeah, that, that's the end of the movie. That's that's the note they end the movie on, uh, and you really got to wonder what are they going to do? What are they going to do with these people? Yeah, that really that is the biggest question I think we had at the end of the film was where do we go from here? And like, I think the movie, or especially with like whatever the ice can't like being canceled out by the lava and like creating this like temperate climate, you can read it as like a prehistory almost. Like, uh, oh, how did the Ice Age end? How do we get into, like, the point we're in now? Fire Keep, yeah. Uh, fire, fire Keep. Um, but, like, Ralph Bakshi specifically deciding to end the movie on the note of, like, the racially dubious goblin coming out of the water and being treated like a person, that seems intentional. It seems... It seems like he's trying to do something there. Do I think there was enough setup in the movie to, like, contextualize that? No. No. Because we're not even fully sure if like these people have language. In one yeah. scene, they like they kind of grunted at each other in like a knowing way. Yeah, it's seemed... presumed they have some sort of like subhuman language yeah. that's comprised. They're called not subhumans of at one point in the movie. They are. Yeah, they are. Uh, and I guess you know now we, we got to talk about it. What is happening with these people in this movie? Uh, like I'm not sure. And you know, I came away from the movie very much being confused uh because like, usually you know you, you get orcs in a movie and they're like these like, non-humans they're not subhumans they're just an entirely different yeah. thing they're just uh, non-human they're non-human you can whatever cut them down you don't feel bad at all uh but these are like they they look like people they have like sharp jagged mm-hmm. teeth 
but, and they're like gray at the beginning of the movie, but they look like people. Yeah. They become progressively like yeah, some of browner really as like the movie people. goes on, uh, which like is concerning. Um, and like, is it, is this satire? Is this supposed to make us question the trope of orcs? Yeah. And you know, I don't know from the authorial intent. Hmm. If that's exactly what what Bakshi is going for, but I do think that's the discussion most people will have sure. after encountering that, because there is they're very analogous to orcs in terms of of what they do in the movie. Yeah. It's like okay, they're doing orc things, like they're going on grunt work missions mm-hmm. sent by the wizard overlord, and they're killing people and they're stealing women mm-hmm. and they're bad. And it it is interesting uh, on a more like broad genre note now we're just talking about genre stuff that's what we're doing here uh oh, yeah. the movie movie talks over we're in Done. genre space over uh sword and sorcery movies as a result of like their kind of lower budgets they don't have like the armies of like orcs and trolls like a lord of the rings will have like the later adaptations. yeah yeah there's no epic scale there's no epic scale so we're really just dealing with like people for the most part there will be like goblins and stuff occasionally like there aren't really like races of monsters in the way that there are for like contemporary higher budget fantasy yeah. properties uh so we we're really just dealing with like human to human conflict in a way that fantasy isn't always uh great at portraying on like a racial level yeah uh so like here we get essentially a human to human conflict that has like the species to species coding of like an orc uh like encounter mm-hmm. which does feel strange like is the takeaway that we're supposed to consider orcs with like the level of humanity that we could consider humans because like fair i mean orcs they they possess some level of like intelligence I, I presumably, think, presumably. presumably we haven't asked yeah orcs. yeah this yeah. is in an orc yeah. podcast i mean thematically it's very difficult i think to convey to convey very complex ideas of morality mm-hmm. and who is good and who is bad because fundamentally these stories right are about a clash between good and evil right necron is bad he's evil he's trying to take over the world <laughs> and everyone else is is not going to let that happen yeah uh and i guess the ending supposed to imply that like the goblins were just they weren't complicit in all of this they were just kind of forced to yeah they're just following orders they're fo- <laughs> just following orders uh but it, it leaves a, a weird taste in the mouth and that along with like the treatment of tigra and like other female characters in the movie it does open the question of like is this movie doing these tropes just like the bad like just the general bad tropes of the sword and sorcery genre or is it like critiquing these tropes uh, and I feel like if you have to ask that, maybe it's not doing, maybe it's just, maybe it's not doing satire well, is my thing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, but it did create this conversation. So that's it something. Did. It's good it for did. the listener and great for us. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's good for the watcher yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And watchers of the movie at the time... They took issue with a number of things. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it is interesting to note some of the reception the film got at the time. Uh-huh. One element that um, we didn't touch on as much that we obviously still could because it is relevant to 
how people view the film now mm. is the uh, hypersexuality. Well, yeah. That is present. There's yeah. one review. I love this one from Janet Maston of the New York Times, who wrote, If you love comic books, but can't bear the unnecessary bother of turning pages, <laughs> Fire and Ice may be for you. That's awesome. <laughs> it would help if you were a sex obsessed 12 year old boy, but it isn't essential. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I mean,. Yeah, she didn't like the film. Well, hey, we'll give you that idea. <laughs> so that is that is an issue, right? That a lot of people, they'll raise it in response to sword and sorcery films. Like, uh-huh. hey, yeah. why is this movie so, so sexual? <laughs> and and I would say, like, it's true that the genre as a whole has had a very negative history with its portrayal of women in particular. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, even more so than just like the costuming, has to do with the character writing. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because the costuming is just generally very hypersexual. Well, yeah. I mean, Larn has maybe less clothes. Yeah. On he's that. ass out the whole film. He's ass out the whole film. Uh, but I think I, I see what your point. I see your point here. Because like men and women in sword and sorcery films are given very like set roles. The man is the you know the the conqueror the barbarian this like free like running around hero and the woman is almost stuck in this like domestic role where you can't really do too much to affect the plot you're like a damsel you're taken uh you're displaced like it sets the women in like very confined spots where like their character can't fully shine through and like even i think a damsel can be written well uh in a way that like the character comes through through the role they're put in, but it is harder, yeah. especially if you're not really giving a lot of time for the character to shine. Yeah, and there is such little time in this movie given to the development of Tigra's character. Yeah. Although I do, I'll say this: I think if you're being overly critical, and, and now here we are, we're reading in themes to the movie that <laughs> that were never intended, uh-huh. or we're seeing things in a way that most people wouldn't go so far as to see. But I do see a character arc for Tigra mm. at the start of the movie, as you talked about in the synopsis, mm. right? She expresses this want to not engage with learning of the elements, mm. but rather engage with the diplomacy and the war effort. And she wants she wants to fight back. And yeah. she's the most vocal person in the beginning that we need to we can't submit to Necron. We need to take them down. <laughs> Let me at them. Yeah, everybody else is like, oh let's hear their peace treaties. Uh-huh. And as the plot progresses, right, we see that mm-hmm. that diplomacy fails. Yeah. And she herself goes through her own arc of, of feeling powerless, not being empowered at all. She's captured. That's mm-hmm. how her character arc starts. She's literally stolen out of a tower. Yeah. And then she starts killing people, which I do <laughs> think is kind of interesting. And every time she's captured, she gets better at killing people. Yeah. yeah. So violence in the end does sort of work. And her her turn towards violence and away from the traditional role that her society ascribes for her, mm-hmm. that is kind of fulfilled by the end of the movie. Now, here's why I think it's really not. Yeah. The most interesting gender divide, and as you're talking about, there are definitely distinct roles that men and women play in the genre. At the end of the day, violence wins out. Uh-huh. But whose violence is it? It's not her violence. Yeah. It's yeah. the rage embodied, which is Dark Wolf. Uh-huh. It's not her. So I think it is very interesting that... You could perhaps, if you're being very metaphorical, mm. see Dark Wolf as an embodiment of her violent rage against Necron, sure. what he's done. But 
Dark Wolf's a man with a big axe, <laughs> yeah. and he's buff. Yeah, very much like a separate entity. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and another confounding thing for this is that, like, at the end, who is denying the violence being done? Tigra. Like, Tigra is saying that, like, oh, oh don't kill this guy. He's just, like, on when they're on the beach, don't kill him. He's just... Yeah, it's over. It's, it's over. over. Yeah. Uh, and before that, who offers a peace treaty to Necron when she's in the Ice Palace? Tigra does. Yeah. Uh, so, like, she... I guess you could say that, like, it's almost parabolic. Like, it's a parabola of sorts. Like, she gets very violent in the middle of the movie and then kind of sees more avenues for peace by the end uh but it, she's kind of all of all yeah. over the place yeah i mean it's it's possible that there could be an implication read into those those plot dips and uh-huh. and, and valleys that sometimes violence is good and called for and other times diplomacy yeah. is called for and yeah. she has an understanding of that that other characters don't mm-hmm. but it is hard to try and make that <laughs> argument when the plot is ultimately resolved by a big guy with an axe yeah. who just kills another guy. Uh-huh. A big guy who just kind of like comes out of nowhere, presumably, and kills yeah. him and just like fucks off and leaves. And is the entire movie hell-bent on killing the guy he ends up killing. <laughs> yeah. He's never at any point inclined to let Necron go uh-huh. or try and reason with him. No, he's he's going to kill him. But the thing is, like, at least Tigra has like a utility to the story. Larn is just so there. useless like larn you think larn's gonna be the protagonist but then dark wolf shows up and he's just better in, in yeah. every single yeah, way that's exactly what larn does but better looks cooler has like a like for you those of you who haven't seen who hadn't googled pictures of neck or of dark wolf throughout this podcast he's like this like cool like shadowy thing he's like batman basically yeah he has like a cowl that's like yeah, he has a like a, a, a yeah jaguars i guess he had jaguar yeah uh, very fascinating, like that they had this like because Dark Wolf didn't need to be in the movie. It could have just been Larn pulling in, killing Necron, but like they just they took that from him. And very interesting. Yeah, like, all it seems these, like a very intentional choice. All of these choices seem intentional, but like, what are the intentions? Yeah, but were they I at guess, all? Yeah. yeah, a lot of the time it does just kind of, and like we're talking about this with the world building too. It does seem like just things are kind of thrown together haphazardly. Uh, and like the overall result is cool. Like it is, I think, a cool movie. Uh, I had fun. I liked seeing Dark Wolf cut yeah. Necron down. Um, but like thematically, what is. Ha- I guess every movie doesn't need to have themes. Uh, I think there's, there's one more review I want to read hmm. from just a guy, Donald <laughs> Gregg guy. of. The monthly film bulletin. Okay. Okay. Who called the action sequences impressive enough, but stated that the animator's fetishistic fascination with the human form wow. underlies the two dimensionality of the script for the artwork is certainly the only fleshing out that characters perceive. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. And maybe there is something to that. I do think for people who want to treat this movie as something more than what it appears to be at mm-hmm. first, which is just a hypersexual, hyperviolent at times, yeah. blase story of a princess who's captured by a bad guy who the bad guy is eventually killed uh-huh. by a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, by some guy. There needs to be some consideration of Bakshi's wider volume yeah. of work because there is a fascination with the human form that is made much more intentional 
in his earlier work, mm-hmm. like like Fritz the Cat um, or Heavy Traffic. Mm-hmm. So concerning that, maybe there's some more credence to lend to his artistic choices made in the movie. I mean, same thing goes for the seemingly racist portrayal of the like bad guy army. I mean, Bakshi is a writer who's very concerned with like race and uh, like racial conflict, especially. Uh, so, so to have this almost like Mormon-esque origin of race, like that is how I kind of read the ending as like an explanation of difference mm-hmm. in race. Uh, and that like there's these two groups of humans who are very like set apart in a way um, due to like this like epic fantastical conflict. Uh, that is how a lot of more colonial uh, like religions and worldviews do explain differences in race. Uh, like for whatever the Mormons, it's like the mark of uh, is is that the Mormons? I don't know. It's, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's just make stuff up. <laughs> yeah, let's start making <laughs> claims about people. And what yeah, they believe. yeah. Who knows, right? Um, <laughs> some American religion right. believes that uh, black people <laughs> were the descendants of Cain, uh, and like this is a similar kind of story, but maybe like setting that in this like kind of silly fantastical world deflates that a little bit uh and like that maybe is the point yeah but i i don't know are they or are they just doing that or are they just doing it yeah uh we may never know we may never know i want to know though yeah uh we we're gonna get uh ralph bakshi on the pod we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna interview him and ask him what's really up yeah there is dvd commentary on the dvd wow so if anyone would like to email us fifteen dollars, yeah, uh, we'll listen to the commentary. Hey, back and to. you don't have to email us fifteen dollars. You could Venmo us fifteen dollars. That's so true. You could Zell. Cash App us fifteen dollars. <laughs> uh, all those links in the description. Or hey, for your for you granddads and grandmas out there, just mail it. Just put it in an envelope. Put it in an envelope. <laughs> Lick it. Uh-huh. Put a stamp on it. It'll get to us eventually. Oh, to us. Yeah, but I hope. Everyone has a lot to think about, digest with mm. this movie. It's a fun yeah. one. It's we a fun wanted one. to start with the fun one. Yeah. You know, it's troubled, but that only makes it all the more fun. Definitely. I think. Yeah. There's a lot to look at, laugh at, gawk at. Point of the screen. Point of the screen. Um, Grab your screen. Punch uh-huh. your screen. Throw Stare your screen across the room. Wide-eyed, in horror, and <laughs> awe. I think we, um, yeah, we had a good time with this one. and. Yeah. Next week, looking forward to new and new things. Oh, yeah. It's going to be... You may have seen reference to this movie in the Halloween episode of Community. That's right. Uh, when Pierce dresses up like the titular main character. But next week, we are doing Beastmaster. Oh, yeah. 1982's Beastmaster. Let's go. It's Don a... Coscarelli. Don Coscarelli. We love him. It's a classic in the sword and sorcery genre, and we will be excited to talk about it. Yeah. and. You can find this where you can find anything, which is Amazon Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. All of your things. All of your favorite things. Your yep. address. Uh, yep. It's on there. It's all on there. Jeff Bezos knows They have it, it all. We have it all. It's awesome. Yeah. Find it wherever you find other movies. Other movies. I don't want to say seen. that you should go to illicit sources. But well. I go mean, wherever you need to go to find this movie and watch it. <laughs> hey, do what you got to do, buddy. You just know. watch it. We're not. We're not your boss. We're not in charge of you. We're not <laughs> no, Jeff man. Bezos. I'm not a cop. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but you know, have fun watching it, and 
Have yeah. even more fun listening to the pod. Oh, yeah. Next week, we'll be right back at it. Next week. Bye.